Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America. Is on it's Tony Katz today. And we're today. talking about their policies here and their enforcement or failure to enforce them. We've actually raised alarm bells at the Leadership Conference for Civil and Human Rights about the fact that they have not sufficiently enforced their own policies and that this has led to harm, very dangerous harm, which we've talked about. Uh, but I just want to point this out as well. The social media companies actually use algorithms it's to elevate content that it finds draws users. And this is shocking to no one. Film at 11. But it's fascinating what's going on right now in Congress. They've got Robert F. Kennedy Jr. up there. And every Democrat is like, you are responsible for the misinformation that killed millions of Americans. You would think that they thought Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was Anthony Fauci. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What are you doing, Boo Bear? 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. That is the number. That's how you get to be a part of the show. Call in. I don't mind. Rare day in studio. Jason's running everything behind the board. He will take your calls with a smile. Uh, very interesting, uh, the, this hearing, because the, the divide is, is remarkably political. We are the people who witnessed our elected officials take COVID and ask, how can we not just make it political? How can we make it the singular most political thing anyone has ever seen ever in the history of ever? And they're still doing it. They do not stop. They do not rest. They do not quit. Now, I will tell you, as, as I've said numerous times, anybody on the political right seriously considering voting for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. doesn't know anything about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. The fact that he doesn't believe in, in, in the vaccines... The fact that he believes that you should be able to speak freely about what it is uh, you question about vaccines. You might agree with him on the first part. You might agree with him uh, on the second part. I agree with him without question on the second part. Of course you are allowed to discuss these things. It's extremely important that you, you do so, that you're able to do so, that you're capable of doing so. And anybody who wants to stop that is, of course, the enemy. They're on the political right. They're on the political left. Uh, they like puppies. What does any of that matter? If they oppose the idea of you being able to share something in the public square, that is wrong. They are the enemy. People who believe in censorship are the enemies of humanity. They're the en enemies of, of the very concept of liberty. Agreement is not necessary. Let's say that again for the people in the cheap seats. Agreement is not necessary. And claiming something is hate speech is an irrational position from children. Speaking of children, hello, Representative Dan Goldman. Sorry, I, I didn't hit the button right. Ms. Wasserman Schultz. No to allowing a witness to degrade and this is not others time. and violate the rules and not have his testimony in degradation and amplified rather than given an executive session. Ms. Wasserman Schultz votes no. Mr. Connolly. No to the Soviet Politburo. Mr. Connolly votes no. Mr. Garamendi. No. Mr. Garamendi votes no. Mr. Allred. Ms. Garcia. No. Ms. Garcia votes no. Mr. Goldman. 
No to hate speech. Mr. Goldman votes no. That was a list of Democrats who don't want Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to, to what? Testify in front of this committee? But never mind Wasserman Schultz's grandstanding. Listen to this. Ms. Garcia. No. Ms. Garcia votes no. Mr. Goldman. No to hate speech. Mr. Goldman votes no. I'll give Dan Goldman my job if he can tell me what hate speech is. I'll quit right now. Somebody get me who's in charge in this place. I will quit right now. You tell me what hate speech is. Because a guy who wants to censor someone because they don't like what he has to say and calls it hate speech, that's the enemy. When Congressman Andre Carson decides to be friends with Louis Farrakhan, Congressman Andre Carson is the congressman who represents the 7th District of Indiana. That's Indianapolis. That's where I'm coming to you from right now. Now, he's not actually my member of Congress. I live north of Indianapolis. Victoria Sparks is my member of Congress. But Andre Carson supports and defends Louis Farrakhan and will not condemn him. He has every right in the world to do so. He wants to be a Jew-hating bigot. That's totally on Congressman Andre Carson. I mean, it's not a way I want to live. But if it's the way he wants to live, so be it. I don't get to censor Congressman Carson from what it is he has to say. Nor do I get to censor Louis Farrakhan. That white-hating, woman-hating, Jew-hating bigot. He is the definition of bigotry. I don't get to stop him from talking. What are you, nuts? Not only do I not get to stop him from talking, I have argued repeatedly that I would never try. You know that whole concept of I disagree with what you say, but I'll defend to the death your right to say it? Well, no one, no one believes that they'll actually defend to the death anything. They don't, they don't, no one's going to stand up. No one's going to say, all right, put up your dukes. And next thing you know, they're like the fighting Irish guy from Notre Dame. That's not happening. But if we don't allow people we disagree with to speak, well, why would they allow you to speak? You're the person they disagree with. You're the person they hate. Yeah, of course you should be allowed your voice, and no one should get in your way. A member of Congress doesn't believe it. You couldn't be more despicable. Dan Goldman is very quick in making his, his uh, legacy and making his reputation one of being an outright coward and an authoritarian who doesn't believe that you should have a say. Doesn't believe that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. should have a say. But what did Robert F. Kennedy Jr. say? That was so hate speechy. I was I was censored not just by the Democratic administration. I was censored by the Trump administration. I was the first person censored by, the, as the chairman pointed out, by the Biden administration two days after it came into office. It ordered a truthful and by the way, they had to invent a new word called malinformation to to, to censor people like me. There was no misinformation on my Instagram account. Everything I put on that account was cited and sourced to peer-reviewed publications or government databases. Nobody has ever pointed to a single piece of misinformation that I publish. I was removed for something they called malinformation. Malinformation is information that is true, but is inconvenient to the government. Now, I don't agree with... Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on policy at all. 
And again, for those quote-unquote conservatives who would consider voting for him, wait till you see what his tax regime is like. Wait till you see what his green agenda is like. He's kind of lightened up from the days that if you disagreed about climate, you should be thrown in jail. He A little bit of a, you know, uh, not, not as angry. Sure, whatever it is you say. Wait till you see his policies. Me, I don't want to find out. But does anybody question that his definition of malinformation, if not accurate, is at least on target? Malinformation is information that is true but is inconvenient to the government. Does anybody doubt as true as fact that people like him and doctors all across the nation were prevented from being able to speak because the government didn't want that story getting out? Why should a doctor disagree with Anthony Fauci? Why should that person be elevated? There can only be one voice. One doctor to rule them all and in the darkness bind them. That's who you got. You got Fauci. You got Fauci and you got nothing else. There was going to be no diversity of thought allowed whatsoever. What in the hell's diversity? <clears throat> well, I, I could be wrong, but I believe uh, diversity is an old, old wooden ship that was used during the Civil War era. I believe that's correct. I believe that's accurate. Of course they did this. And of course, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is accurate. If they don't want people to hear. And, it, and that's antithetical to the values of our country. After I announced my presidency, it became more difficult for people to censor me outright. So now I'm subject to this new form of censorship, which is called targeted propaganda, where people apply pejoratives like anti-vax. I've never been anti-vaccine, but everybody in this room probably believes that I have been because that's the prevailing narrative. Anti-Semitism, racism. These are, are the most appalling, disgusting pejoratives, and they're applied to me to silence me because people don't want me to have that conversation about the war, about groceries, about inflation, about the war on the middle class in this country that we need to be having. And, and by the way, I want to say this while I'm on the record, that in my entire life and why I'm under oath in my entire life, I have never uttered a phrase that was either racist or anti-Semitic. That's one heck of a thing to say under oath because uh, I, I, I'm sure I have done both. I am sure I have uttered an anti-Semitic phrase or two, and I'm Jewish. But is there any question that this is what happens? This is Alinsky. Pick the target, personalize it, freeze it, and polarize it. This is Alinsky. Ridicules man's most potent weapon. Of course they try to tar you. Of course uh, they try and, and demean you. They attach things to you. Of course it is. These are the facts. And that is what makes him so unbelievably appealing. But it's on one subject and one subject alone. Don't get me wrong. That subject is outrageously important. 
incredibly, incredibly important. And what I just played for you, that is going to get shared by the political right all over the place. That guy's going to bring in another few million dollars worth of donations, and you should be concerned. Arguing that someone is accurate about a subject is different than a level of support that can make your life more difficult. You support his ability to speak freely, so do I. And we say so. Let it end there without sending him a donation. When he's president, your life will not be better. Well, it can't be any worse than Biden. Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't know that. Let me say it again for the people in the cheap seats. Whoa, 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 whoa. You know how long Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has been a progressive? Has been a been a leftist? Been a greenie? Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't know how bad it could get. You have no idea. Now you say to me, Tony, well, that's just fear-mongering. No, that's an understanding of the man in question, even though he says something I agree with. I have had moments where Ro Kahana, the progressive out of California, has discussed free speech, the importance of Twitter not silencing people, and I've agreed with him on this show. You know the whole IRS whistleblower case? Oh, don't worry, I'm going to get to the IRS whistleblower case. Don't you worry about that. These whistleblowers are legit, and this Biden family is shifty as Lord only knows what. Most probably things I can't say on radio. He's speaking about one of the the members, one of, one of the IRS agents who's blowing the whistle. Did you hear this? And I'm not questioning. I mean, I, you want a stickler for the law? You know, I, it reminds me of uh, Les Mis and you know, the, the, the famous person wanted to get the, the person who had a sandwich. Uh, I Get the person who gets the sandwich. You can't, if you can't understand what Les Mis is all about, you don't get to quote Les Mis. You got to have standards, people. You got to have standards for the good, for the love of the Lord. By the way, can we just, can we just get a little uh, Les Mis going here? One day more. There it is. Another day, another destiny. Sing it, Jean Valjean. This never-ending road to Calvary. Bring it in. These men who seem to know my crime will surely come a second time. One day more. Rokahana is trying to explain Javert, who in the movie was played by Russell Crowe, and the crime that Jean Valjean committed of stealing a loaf of bread. He stole the sandwich. See, see, Rokahana has has uh, Jean Valjean confused with Joey from Friends. It's very, very confusing stuff. I get that. The IRS agent blowing the whistle on Hunter Biden is a stickler for the law? That's the problem? The idea that that could be said is, well, insane. Insane. Just because Rokahana has said some things that I like regarding uh, uh, censorship and being opposed to it doesn't mean that he isn't a progressive who quite literally will say anything to ensure his guy gets a, gets a good ride.
RFK Jr. is right about malinformation. He's right about what the government has done. He is right about how people are treating him and his uh, how they go after him for speaking freely. Support him on that. These other people are wrong. As a candidate, you're out of your mind if you support him. I'm Tony Katz. I guess a schemer's going to scheme. This is a... None of this is Trump's fault, but oh, is he going to take the hit? And you're like, what now? So Trump, in the waning hours of his presidency, as many presidents do, engaged in a lot of clemencies, right? Um, Whether you're, you're... Clemency or a full pardon, whatever it is. You don't have to be in jail anymore. And you're, you're, this is dropped on you. All, all those kinds of things. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. One of the people who was granted clemency is a guy by the name of Eli Weinstein. Don't know him. Never heard of him. And someone's going, oh, Weinstein. You mean one of those? Uh, what are you, Pramila Jayapal? Settle down. Weinstein was in prison for running a Ponzi scheme. Which means you take money from one person, then you bring people in on this uh, on this idea of, oh, they're going to get their money back, we're going to invest in this and that, and then using person one to pay person two and person two to pay person three, uh, one of those kinds of things. And there, there's no money, and no one's ever getting their money back. You're pocketing all the money. That's... That's how it kind of, of works. This guy gets clemency. He's out of jail. And now he has been um, charged with overseeing a new Ponzi scheme. Prosecutors say they've defrauded 150 victims, him and four accomplices. More than 150 victims defrauded out of more than $35 million. This guy has been charged with defrauding investors three times. 2013, 2015. And then got the clemency in 2021. And now this. That's nuts. I, I want to know, I, I swear to you, I want to understand how it works. From both sides. When you're somebody who hears the scheme, how do you believe it? And then if you're somebody engaging in the scheme, how do you do it with a straight face? How do you sell it? Do you have this belief that you can make it work? Or is is really that part of your soul just missing where you're like, I'll take their money and that'll be that. They'll never be it. What are they going to do? Sue me? Best of luck in the courts. Ha <laughs> ha. And how do you do it when you've already been caught twice? Twice! Meaning you're bad at this. You know where they're good at defrauding the people and taking their cash? Congress. My trip to D.C. What I saw and the performance art of the political left. Oh, you don't want to miss it. This is Tony Katz today.
What I witnessed in D.C. can be described as performance art. And it really only makes sense when you take a step back to look at the scene a little better. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. That is me. It's good to be here. 833-468-8669. That's the number. 833-GOT-TONY. Would love to hear from you. I I got there Tuesday night. I left uh, Wednesday early evening. I was in D.C. to hear the speech from the Israeli president, uh, Isaac Herzog, commemorating the 75th anniversary of uh, Israel. And it is important to note that the invitation didn't come from McCarthy. It actually came last year from then-Speaker Pelosi. Rare. Rare. Part of uh, the, the knock on Pelosi, which is certainly more and more evident, is that Pelosi ruled with beyond an iron fist. Pelosi did not allow debate. Pelosi did not allow amendments. There was no open House of Representatives under Nancy Pelosi. So when people state that Speaker Pelosi was an effective uh, speaker and legislator, well, effective or authoritarian? Tony, she was working within the confines of the rules. That much is true. So give her the credit if you choose. It is not lost uh, upon me or upon many people that what she was doing was not leadership. It was anything but. It was about the rather dictatorial use of power is, is what it was. She invites Isaac Herzog. Isaac Herzog accepts he was there yesterday. Um, uh, the Capitol, if you've never been, is beautiful. It was actually, I mean, I lived in D.C. Uh, twice in my life. It was my first time in the Capitol itself. And it is a spectacular, spectacular sight. The rotunda is beautiful. Where the, um, where the members in the first days of the White House met isn't where you see them now in the House of Representatives. It was, it, was on, it was on a floor. It was in like a smaller rotunda. And there are actually plaques on the floor that denote where desk positions were. For example, of James Buchanan, who became president, James Knox Polk, who became president, and Abraham Lincoln. So there's this plaque for Abraham Lincoln. And then, so, so uh, you, you look over, let's say, your left shoulder, and there's an archway that leads to the main rotunda, the one that you see from, from, from outside, uh, right? The big Capitol Dome. And then there's a clock above it. Well, that clock is original to the time where it was used and this, this room was used as where the uh, representatives met. That clock is original. And if you're at that spot where the plaque is, you are staring at the same clock from the same vantage point that Abraham Lincoln did. I didn't know that. Stop me in my tracks. It is a magnificent sight. It is, it is beauty on beauty. It is awe-inspiring. The statues, not the nonsense garbage art that we see all around us, this glorification of nihilism. It is art that means something and representative 
of something, of a moment, of a person, of a time, of a place, of a value. It is remarkable how anyone can serve this country and walk through those halls and not be awe-inspired at how lucky they are to be there. I don't understand. I do not understand how you could possibly walk through those halls and not know how insanely lucky you are to have this opportunity. I get my ticket. Yeah, I have a ticket for the uh, for the speech uh, on on Wednesday, and I pick it up from uh, my congressperson uh, Victoria Sparks. She she arranged it. I said thank you. Get my ticket, and they escort me over. You, I get escorted over. You know, I'm not walking outside. You're in the tunnels underneath. There are tunnels that connect the Capitol with the Cannon Office Building and the Longworth, and I think it's called Longworth, and then the Rayburn Office Building. And you walk the tunnels, and next thing you know, boop, there you are. There's the Capitol right above you. And you're like, oh, that's crazy cool. That is crazy cool stuff. You walk up to the third floor. That's the gallery, right? The floor is for members. And then the third floor is the gallery. That's where I'm uh, at. And so they're like, do you have your cell phone? I'm like, yeah, I got my cell phone. Got to take myself a couple of pictures. Nope, hand it over there. You got to give up your cell phone. You can't. You cannot bring uh, a cell phone uh, in, in into the house uh, chamber. So okay, a cell phone. They give you a little tag. Boom, I put it on. Look at me. I'm so important. You see these people with these numbers, and you're like, oh, that must mean something. No, no, no. That just lets the desk know where you put your phone. That's all it is. My phone's in cubby C4. Or it's right next to Hunter's cocaine. That's that's why that's why he's in the C section. It's C for cocaine. Otherwise, he forgets. He once had it in the D section. You don't want to see those pictures. So I drop off my phone. Get the little tag. Boom. I head over to my section. I am in the ladies' gallery, which is an area. Uh, where, you know when uh, the president's giving a speech and here with me tonight and they look over and then everyone, they wave and everyone's clapping. That's the section. That is the section. I am looking directly down at where the speaker, the president, Isaac Herzog, is going to be and just behind him is Kevin McCarthy. I wasn't in there for too long when all of a sudden Kevin McCarthy is there, the speaker uh, of the house. I was actually sitting next to uh, Deborah Lipstadt, who is the ambassador for combating anti-Semitism. And I said, that's an ambassadorship? And she said, I'm a a tactical ambassador as opposed to a geographical ambassador. A geographical ambassador is the ambassador to Norway. You know, what is the prerequisite? Do you like herring? Yes. Welcome to Norway. That's how it works. Did she say... Tactical. I I took it as tactical. Maybe she used another word. But anyway, she was cantankerous and lovely. Oh, oh I want to drink bourbon with her. I have a better seat than she does. Doesn't make any sense. And then, of course, everything is pomp and circumstances. Pomp and circumstance, not circumstances. Uh, the vice president of the United States and the president of the Senate. And Kamala Harris comes in. I'm like, Kamala Harris is here? How much arm twisting did it take to get Kamala Harris in the room? You already have people like Pramila Jayapal, who leads the Progressive Caucus, saying this. 
I say something? Can I say something as somebody that's been in the streets and, and has participated in a lot of demonstrations? I think I want you to know that we have been fighting to make it clear that Israel is a racist state, that the Palestinian people deserve self-determination and autonomy, that the dream that the dream of a two-state solution is slipping away from us, that it is not, that it does not even feel possible. It does not even feel possible. First, uh, that's Pramila Jayapal. She leads the progressives in the House. Uh, secondly, did you notice when she mentioned two-state solution, no one brings this up, when she mentioned two-state solution? That the dream, that the dream of a two-state solution is slipping away from us, that it is- You hear the people booing and screaming now? They don't want a two-state solution. They want Jews dead. So understand with whom you deal. That's what they want. Jayapal's not there. I didn't see her. Omar is not there. Tlaib's not there. Ocasio-Cortez is not there. And Andre Carson, who represents Indianapolis, where I sit right now and do this show, wasn't there. Same Andre Carson, who would not sign or would not vote for the resolution declaring that Israel is not a racist state and not an apartheid state. It's not a racist state. It's not an apartheid state. He wouldn't vote for it. He voted against the resolution. So Indianapolis votes for anti-Semites. I don't know why. I think they should stop. But he would not vote for that resolution. He did not show up for the speech. This one comes in, that one comes in. Eventually, it's, it's Isaac Herzog, the president of, of Israel, who walks in. Now, it's, it's a ceremonial position, president of Israel. It is interesting that his father was previously the president of Israel and had given a speech to a joint session of Congress, and there is his son, like 35 years later, giving the speech. i got to admit, that's very cool. Spoke for about an hour and hit the points. The United States and Israel have a very strong relationship. Iran can't get a nuclear weapon. Uh, while we may have disagreements, um, anti-Semitism has no place in this house or any others. And throughout the speech, I'm watching. I'm watching because like every third line's an applause line and everybody's standing up. You're standing up and you're applauding. Uh, the 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 thigh workout, Suzanne Summers' thigh master could not have matched the up and down of what was happening during this speech. Oh, and the hands get sore. Exactly how much clapping can you do? It's ridiculous. Up and down and up and down and up and down. It was it was surreal. Democrats are standing up and applauding for everything. Kamala Harris is getting up before Kevin McCarthy. I watched Chuck Schumer literally jump out of his seat. That old man jumped out of his seat like somebody said, who wants Chinese food? Boom! He was right there looking for Mushu. He was set. I never saw anything like it. They're all getting up. When Isaac Herzog came into the room, Sheila Jackson Lee of Texas stopped him cold. Stopped him cold to shake his hand. Elizabeth Warren stepped down from uh, from from uh, her seat to make sure she could shake his hand. Joe Manchin moved somebody out of the way to get a handshake in. 
I watched. He gives an applause line. Everybody's standing up. Iran can't get a nuclear weapon. Everybody's standing up. We cannot uh, accept anti-Semitism. Everyone's standing up. We have a proud, vibrant democracy that represents all people. Everyone's standing up. Pramila Jayapal, just two days prior, called Israel a racist state. She was not censured. Ilhan Omar, the representative from Minnesota, has a history of anti-Semitic statements. It's all about the Benjamins. Israel's hypnotized the world. Nothing happened to her. As a matter of fact, when there was going to be a resolution about her condemning her, they changed the resolution to just say, we, 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 we don't think you should be mean to people. They watered it down so it was meaningless. You have Representative Rashida Tlaib, who takes the map of the world map, and when she first gets into office, in her physical office, uh, takes a post-it note, writes Palestine on it, puts it over Israel on the map. Never mind talking about when she discusses the Holocaust, she gets a calming feeling. You have a party that has these progressives that are all anti-Semites. They are all Jew haters. No, this isn't about Israel. This is about Jews. Disagreement about Israeli policy is how they handled COVID because, man, did they screw that up. That's policy. The conversation happening in Israel right now regarding judicial reforms, that's policy. Andre Carson has got a problem with Jews, and so does Ilhan Omar, and so does Rashida Tlaib, and so does Ocasio-Cortez, and so does Pramila Jayapal. Yet here's every Democrat I'm watching. I'm st- My vantage point is stunning because of the side that I'm at. Underneath me, the back of the heads are the Republicans because that's the side that I'm on. I'm staring in the face every Democrat there is, minus those who didn't show up to the speech. But these others showed up to the speech, and they're jumping up and just so happy. Oh, my God. Oh, I love what he said. Did you hear what he said? It was so great. Oh my God, this is awesome. We should go get some Mushu after this. Yeah, Chuck, let's go. They're just nuts. These are the people who cannot condemn Ilhan Omar by name. Cannot condemn Pramila Jayapal by name. Cannot condemn Andre Carson by name. Rashida Tlaib by name. No condemnation by name. No condemnation in general. A resolution saying Israel is not a racist state? Pretty easy thing to do. The lowest hanging fruit. They do not censure their own. They do not shame their own. They do not demand better of their own. But oh, make sure some cameras are in the room. Put the president of Israel in there. We'll show you some performance art. We'll show you that we care. What we saw was performance art.
What we saw was a show. We stand behind Israel. This isn't even about Israel. Is it? This is about the left not being willing to say to their fellow members, you're wrong in a very vocal way that the nation and the world will see. Was I impressed by the performance art? Well, it was a sight. But once you realize what it was, you realize, my gosh, that's not impressive at all. I'm Tony Katz. You tell me when, I'll be out. See what happens when I come to the studio? I don't know what time it is anymore. Jason and I are arguing about when I'm done. And I said, I'm never done. This is my home. And I will keep talking to my last dying breath. And no one can take me off the air.